we had about 4,000 people sign up for the game. And then we drove 1.7 million in pipeline, which was also massive for us. I think that ended up being about a like 40X ROI for us. Wow. 40. 40X, yeah, because we had a sponsorship strategy as well. So that helped us with distribution and with getting like educational component built into it as well. Wow. And of course, offsetting the costs. 40X, yeah. I mean, we I would sign up for 40X all day long. This is Revenue Makers, the podcast by Sixth Sense, investigating successful revenue strategies that pushed companies ahead. All right, Saima, yep. it's time to outwit Outplay and Outlast. What? Oh, you're trying to be clever again because of today's guest. I'm not trying to be clever. I am clever. Okay. Maybe not. Anyway, uh, <laughs> today's going to be fun. We've got a deep dive into a pretty amazing campaign. That's right. Mutiny, a really powerful website personalization tool, recently completed their Survivor. Or rather, Survivor with AR so, yeah. mixed, mm-hmm. AI mixed into it. Survivor. Survive, yeah. Yeah. So Molly Bruckman's their head of growth, and she's joining us to talk through this really, it was a really creative concept, how they built it, the results, and just everything around it. And I'm I'm, just really looking forward to taking this down and really digging in deep. Am I ready for it? Let's do it. All right. Well, here we are. Uh, That was a really bad start. Here we go. (laughs) Welcome, Molly. Thank you guys so much. I'm so excited to be here. I love any opportunity to hang with the Sixth Sense team. Oh, well, that's really kind. Well, I hear you were hanging we were with um, Adam last week. You guys had a great event uh, in New York City. But before we dive into the event, tell us a little bit about yourself. You didn't start your career in marketing, did you? No. Uh, is it that obvious? <laughs> no. I- <laughs> Actually, I started my, I came into marketing for math, which is an interesting angle, I think atypical, but as a math major in school and I've like always had sort of like a left brain, right brain. Like I love the numbers. I love the quantitative side, but I'm like really creative too. So my first life dream was like, oh, I'll go, I'll be a math teacher and I'll run the drama club at a school. Like that'll be what I do. (laughs) You never Um, see that actually. That's pretty cool. (laughs) I know. It was like, then I can have it all, but I'm not a morning person, so I think that would have killed me to like get up at 5 a.m. and and do that. And so I found my way to a marketing agency where I was an analyst. Um, and so I was like doing a lot of like analysis of web data and coming up with experimentation opportunities, setting up tasks, reporting on tasks that I was running. And I moved from there into a consulting role where I was embedding myself in organizations and helping them build testing programs, but still from like a consultant lens and worked with some really big enterprises there, Gap, Oppenheimer Funds, BlackRock, like big, big organizations. And then I joined Mutiny to build our CX team. So it was kind of a similar vibe of like very consultative marketing advisors, but I've always sort of like been marketing adjacent. I think I've been like a consultant to the marketer like always a bridesmaid, never a bride. <laughs> always a marketing consultant, never a marketer. But recently moved into marketing a quarter ago. So new to to being an official marketer, whatever that means. So, I mean, that's to be your first quarter, just to be what you did is quite uh, just starting with kind of like a <laughs> rocket ship. So, Crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, but like it, it plays and it works. So 
Can you walk, just walk the audience through? So the serve, I know you, I heard this conversation, survivor, survive AI, so the AI ever, I don't, the actual <laughs> yes. naming, as but. bad as you can sound saying it is the right way to say it. Yeah. So like give, let's give the world like your overview of what the event was and like, where'd you come up with this whole idea and the, the game and all that? Yeah. So the survey, survivor, 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 say it five times every time you say it, it's gets better <laughs> the i've always like i'm a lover of games like i love love i love board games i love to play games and actually like as i was building cx at mutiny i built gamification into a lot of the ways that we do onboarding so we will have like punch cards that customers can like check off little things and give gifts and fun things along the way we've done some really fun like holiday challenge campaigns we did a really fun march madness campaign where we like pitted customers against each other and did a whole bracket and everything so i'm always like a big big fan of of gamification i am obsessed with duolingo we were joking before about like if i start speaking in german i can't really because it's more about the game than it is about the language <laughs> learning yeah. i think but like i'm obsessed with how they're doing it and the fact like i've more than a thousand day streak and i'm like how are they doing this how am i still here oh my daughter's right there with you with her french streak oh my gosh every morning if we're on vacation or no matter what we are opening up duolingo so she can keep yeah. her streak going amazing what's her streak uh it is uh around the 400s i believe so wow days or so oh, which that's commitment. not so bad for a 13 year old i feel you know to keep that attention span that long totally but uh, i mean at that point you can never quit yeah. you're like I'm, I'm in it and this is where i live but it's i think it's also about building rituals um you said every morning like for me this is my morning i like make my coffee i do my duolingo I usually pace around my house and try to get 2,000 steps <laughs> at the same time uh, in the morning. So yeah, I, I'm a huge believer in gamification. And so the idea for Survivor, it was around mm, uh, beginning of August, I think, when we started talking about this. And at the time, AI, and you know, it hasn't changed that much, but I think especially then the perception was um, you have your early adopters of marketers who were saying, oh, we need to figure this out. This is important. And we had the laggards who were saying, oh, God, like we're going to lose our jobs. What is this? So there's like fear and confusion. But the people who believed in it, the people who were bought into it, didn't know how. Like they're like, I know this is important. I know I need to do this. But nobody was really out there teaching how to do it. And all the content that was coming out was like, this is why it's so important. And it was all high level. It was all theoretical. And nobody was really diving into like, here's a workflow you can apply. Here's a workflow you can apply. And so we wanted to own that and and really help our customers and our audience like figure it out and give them really practical things they could do. The survivor piece was actually like a recycled idea from a customer campaign we were going to run, which was it was going to be like using our own AI features in Mutiny, get our customers to like compete in some way to like launch the best AI experience. And we had a bunch of graphics, but we ended up abandoning that idea. And literally in a dream, Ryan, our head of marketing was like, we can do both. We can have it all. We can like do this AI thing, the education thing, and we can wrap it around Survivor. And so we like brought it all together. But I'm realizing now I've been talking about it without explaining what it is. So Survivor is a gamified learning experience for practical AI workflows. 
and it had kind of like a B2C style campaign incentive. And so we had a $10,000 prize pool at the start. Every person that signed up, we added a dollar to the prize pool so we could create some virality around it. And then we incentivized the different activities. So you got points for watching episodes. There were nine different episodes with different teachers to teach different episodes. Of course, I got six cents to teach ABM because that was really important. I wanted a really diverse spectrum of all of the different sectors of marketing. So we had ABM with six cents. I did a session on CRL with one of our customers from Pendo. We had sessions on SEO with Andy Crestedina. We had sessions on paid marketing with Sylvia Perez. So we got some of the biggest hitters that our audience really respects across the disciplines to come in and teach these different episodes. You get points for watching the episodes. Each one had a challenge at the end. You get points for completing the challenge. And then you got points for sharing on social and for driving referrals. And so that was another big kind of virality loop for us is get people to refer their friends and post on social and bring people back in so that they can score points. I mean, so interesting, so unique. You got some heavy hitters, the heaviest hitter of all. I, I know Adam was there, so I got to give him. <laughs> <laughs> if, if I was your heaviest hitter, I have no idea how you did anything. No. Oh, come on. You did well. He, wow. He's modest, but I mean, it sounds great. I, I think, you know, the idea is there, the kind of, you know, you're executing against it, of course, but what were your main goals of the campaign at the end of the day? And then were there any stumbling blocks along the way that you had to really um, cross over. Yeah. So, um, pipeline, I think was number one goal and probably <laughs> number one goal As for it everyone. always should be. Mm -hmm. Always is. Yep. Um, and we did a good job there. So, uh, do you want me to talk about results? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, we go for it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's yeah. obviously there's a lot to it, but I'd love to hear, love to hear that. Yeah. We had about 4,000 people sign up for the game, which I think we started spread over like four weeks from start to finish. And we started, I think, about 2,000 people, and the other 2,000 came from the players in the game referring others and bringing oh, them in, which nice. is which was pretty good. So really brought awareness there, which was amazing. And then we drove 1.7 million in pipeline, which was also massive for us. I think that ended up being about a like 40x ROI for us. Wow, 40. 40x, 40. yeah, because we had a sponsorship strategy as well. So Six Cents was one of our sponsors. We had a six to 10 sponsors, I think, with different packages, some including speaking spots. And, and so that helped us with distribution and with getting like educational component built into it as well. Wow. And of course, offsetting the costs. 40x, yeah. I mean, we I would sign up for 40x all day long. I don't I just need a bunch of those. So that would be a good way to get through your year pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, the good thing is really easy to execute something like this. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you just, uh, we'll just do a thing. It's a game. And and yeah. So um, you talked a little bit about the, the content and the speakers that you had, but when you started, how did you sort of make that list? I mean, again, you said you had this, obviously had the sponsorship strategy, but were there certain disciplines, you know, like, okay, we know we want to hit on SEO, we know we want to hit on ABM, or kind of how did that evolve to get to the full list of, of both the content and then ultimately the speaker? Yeah, so we had, we knew we wanted to have nine episodes. It felt like meaty enough to be like a big differentiated thing. And we wanted to sort of like have daily drops. We're also very inspired by the Trivia HQ phase from a few years ago. Oh my ago gosh, with the I, <laughs> I was... So involved in that trivia HQ, and I won like five cents at the end of the day, right? Oh, nice. Congrats. 
That's amazing. <gasps> yeah. So we had some ideas around that of like, can we like get text message alerts or like something like that going, which we moved a little bit away from actually doing like something like this daily would have been a huge commitment. So we're like Tuesday to Thursday seems pretty good. Three a week for three weeks. So we mapped out like what are kind of the disciplines that we wanted to attack. The thinking was like with AI now, like in the past, you had to be a T-shaped marketer. You had to be a domain expert in the one thing. Now with AI, you can be more of a broad marketer, right? Like you can use AI to augment some of the skills you maybe don't have or are weaker for you. And so we wanted it to be broad. We wanted it to be holistic. And so just sort of mapped out like how to use it in CRL, how to use it in paid, how to use it in creative, how to use it in content. And then we went through who are the best people we can think of to teach each of these things. So Sixth Sense obviously came to mind for ABM. I got pushed into doing CRL on that side, which was fun. And yeah, just kind of looked through our network. So we were kind of looking for people who already have a lot of respect, who are good speakers, who we knew were going to be good speakers, but also had large reach so that we could, you know, piggyback on that distribution and make sure that we can like really attract the right people. And then as soon as we locked in some of our big speakers, we, everything gets easier. (laughs) You're like, oh, well, you know, Dara Trester is speaking at our kickoff or the premiere. A lot of people fall in line after that. So you asked about what went wrong. That was one of the the goals initially, the premiere, what ended up being our big premiere. We kind of kicked things off with a in-person conference, two hours with big like CMO thought leaders to kind of have executive level conversation. That was supposed to be the finale originally, but this was like early August. That would have been October 24th, the timeline with like vacations and things like that. Just as we were about to launch the website, we are like, what if we gave ourselves three more weeks and we made this the premiere rather than the finale? And we sort of like had that be the big launch event and and pushed everything back from there, which was immensely helpful. I don't think we would have made it happen otherwise. Well, in the context of things going wrong in an event, I mean, that's not so bad. Though it definitely wasn't the biggest thing that went wrong. We had a bit of an over-engineered solution that broke on us during the event. So we had some like in the first 15 minutes of the event, lots of emails coming in of people like, I can't access it. So it's, uh, we like we were like, oops, we broke the internet and we stood up a second page and like pushed everybody there. But we used SQL as the like pl- embedded video player in the website. The way SQL works, like everybody who comes in has a join code and with 10 different, nine different events, 12 different events, depending on how you want to count it, we had some bonus episodes. We did not want to register everybody for every single event, send them 12 different registration confirmations, 12 different calendar invites. And so we wanted to make sure that we could get people who register for one, registered for all of them, get those events added to their calendar, but not like kill them with emails. And so SQL has these join codes, they have cross event registration. And so like they have that configuration already set up. The too fancy thing we decided to do was embed that join code per player within their player account into the SQL player itself, which just was like too much lookup logic. And so that's what ended up breaking, (laughs) breaking the thing when people came. It would have been sufficient just to like trust the cooking not like panic about that. And like, if somebody had to sign up again, they sign up again, it wouldn't have been the end of the world. But we were able to like really quickly 
we had a backup site actually already built in case there was any issue. So we were able to just like send out that email and say, oops, we broke the internet and pat ourselves on the back a little bit too about like, hey, a lot of people wanted to come to this. Yeah. So quick pivot and obviously address it. You talked a little bit about this, right? Piggybacking off of some of your presenters and the reach they had. How else did you really leverage social media and community platforms to drive engagement? I mean, 4,000 people, and not just that, it's a pretty sustained campaign, right? Three days a week Mm -hmm. for three weeks. Like, how did you, you know, keep that interest going and generate some additional interest along the way? I mean, I think the retention was actually really good. Obviously, like you have drop off event to event, but I think we had over 100 people join every single episode still, which I think is pretty good retention. And I think it's a credit to the content itself and actually being really valuable for people. And I still get like last week, Adam was saying we were at our our finale party. We did a live event, uh, in-person events in San Francisco and New York. And people were coming up to me and and asking like, is the content going away? Is it still going to be there? I didn't get a chance to watch. And so I'm like still getting a lot of people who want to catch up on these things and and sharing about that. So I think content being really good was important. The broad distribution, I think, is a testament to the sponsors, the partners that we worked with, and making sure that we were on their distribution schedule. So everyone who partnered with us, we also created media sponsors. So people who have broad reach, who maybe don't want to pay to sponsor, we could kind of do, you know, partner in another way that's like, hey, if you can post a couple times, or you can send this to your newsletter, you know, you can get some of the benefits that the sponsors would get too. And then I think the like the the point incentive and the game mechanism really, really helped. So people getting points for referrals, people getting points for sharing on social for every single challenge that they did. There was like an optional bonus way to get points by recording a Loom video of their challenge or posting on social about their challenge. And so that it kept the excitement kind of going along the way and also gave us lots of user-generated content of them doing these challenges, which we're planning to repurpose an academy section uh, in the future. Yeah. Well, that was actually, I was going to ask you about just kind of repurposing yeah. the content there. So, I mean, you're having nine, well, not or 12 episodes, you said. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, at the at the event that I was at last week, if you we were shooting video, it sounds like this was sort of also a really good example of just, we are in a, it's a, it's a content waterfall get every possible, you know, iota of drop of content out of it. So it sounds like you probably have a plan to take you for a while in terms of all the different things that you're going to do. Yeah, I think there's a lot of stuff we can cut up and and repurpose. We're going to build it into kind of an academy within our website. We're going to have a Demand Gen Academy launching in probably early next year with an ABM Academy, a CRL Academy, an AI Academy, which is where Survivor will live, and a Mutiny Academy for our customers. So we'll have kind of those components of it. However, I am like very conscious of like shelf life around AI. The Just the rate of development is so rapid. I think some of the episodes are still going to be great and helpful, and some of them are will probably have outpaced by that point. So I think, you know, a lot of the ideas you shared, Adam, in your session around ABM are pretty evergreen, right? Like you're going to need to think about how to get accounts. You're going to think about the right way to engage them and those things. So like, I think that one will be a great one to live on. But I think people that are talking about specific tools and things, it'll go out of date. Yeah, we we had a previous episode with somebody and she's like, 
become a consultant in AI. And we actually changed, we, you know, we're shooting, you know, we record these things a little bit out. We reordered when to put our episode live because it's like, okay, if we talk about this and we wait too long, okay. it's going to get, it's going to get out of hand. So yeah, I mean, AI stuff definitely has, some of it has that on it. So that's a, it's a good plan there. So you obviously would call this a success. I think there's no, I mean, on, on a, like just unabashed success. What's next? Like, what are you thinking about in terms of, you're like, yeah. you're probably like, can I, can I have the holidays? I'm going to rest maybe. Yeah. Uh, or it's so funny. I mean, as like the first thing is, is set the bar pretty high for myself for like what's next for marketing. So we, right now we're, we're doing a, like a much smaller, but a Mean Girls themed campaign. So I, TV seems to hit for us. So <laughs> we kept it there. And that's a three-parter. So we have like how you get your seat at the revenue table. So that's like the plastics. We're calling it the plastics playbook. So get your seat at the revenue table. The second part is the burn book. So the marketing channels that burned you last year, put in the burn book. If you guys want to contribute, feel free. And actually, maybe I should ask you, like, what are your burns? What channels didn't work for you? What programs didn't work for you? What do you burn in 2023? And uh, take forward to 2024. She's flipping the mic. I know. Yes. On this, um, now I'm the interviewer. Um, The burn book. I think there are some channels that were effective, but were far too expensive in terms of being effective from a digital acquisition perspective. And then some channels that were, we were social channel, paid social channels that we were burned on. Not because the the potential isn't there, but I think we burned ourselves a little bit in terms of the type of content that we were creating, right? So one of these might have book in the name, but you know, we, I think it'd be effective channel, but you really got to make sure you've got the right type of content for that type of that type of channel. So mm -hmm. those are two that are a couple that come to mind in terms of being. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Paid channel. But yeah. And I would yeah. add um, generally, you know, I'm I come from a similar background as you, right? Data speaks first, then we, you know, we'll, we'll obviously evaluate. And so for us, we don't generally start something unless we know what we want the outcome to be, whether it's a 10 X return on pipe or, or whatever, right. General rule. And so for us, we, we like to experiment. We encourage great ideas. We're always like, yeah, let's try it. Let's see if this works. But we won't let it go long forever, right? We have a measurement plan in place. We're going to quickly evaluate and say, okay, that didn't work. Or let's not do that again next year. And so it's really just about, I think, iterating and learning and then slowly adding the things that didn't work to that burn book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and uh, making sure that people read the burn book next time. <laughs> so like before you repeat the mistake, let's take a look yep. at at that for us. Yeah. yeah. Anything else like lessons learned? If you could go back, hit the DeLorean time machine, redo something, or was it all just like rainbows and butterflies? Learned a lot. Yes, rainbows. Rain it worked, <laughs> and you learned things like I wouldn't. I would do it exactly the same again. I wouldn't go back. But I'm sure there's something. Yeah. I mean, a per personally, like I, I'm like a big ideas person. I am very creative. I struggle to like plan, <laughs> like detail plan, project manage. I hate it. And I'm bad at it because I hate it. I was actually the second hire at Mutiny. So I've been with Mutiny since the beginning. 
I've been like a one person five for five teams kind of person. <laughs> I had a uh, my old profile picture on LinkedIn was me with a bunch of hats because that's how I've always felt is like I'm just doing a bunch of stuff. Um, so joining marketing felt to me like the first time I had a team to work with versus like I've just sort of been doing a lot of things and I'd be totally on my own operating. And so actually like working having other resources and thinking ahead and planning, I didn't do that well <laughs> at all. And because I just was like, I don't know, I'll do everything and I don't need a plan. I'll figure it out as I go and sort of like build it as I go. Had I like slowed down, built a plan, thought about where I could get help, brought people in, maybe we would have hit that initial timeline that, that we'd planned for or gotten things out earlier. I think, you know, one of the other mistakes was there was a lot of bottlenecking with everything because the episodes were hosted on the game portal and the game portal so that would be like the link from the calendar invite and so the calendar invite couldn't go out until the game portal was built which meant that actually nobody had their calendar blocked until the friday before the premiere which was on tuesday oh, so <laughs> So that wasn't great in terms of like how we would have wanted people to like have it on their calendars and make sure it was blocked. And people, some people were emailing like, should I have gotten this? But it was, it was delayed from that view. So I would have thought through like, how do I unblock that or like get them to a link they can access even if it's still under construction without waiting for all of that. Makes sense. We ask a question of all the guests. It <laughs> is, what is the most ridiculous thing you've been asked to do? in your career? Uh, ridiculous good, ridiculous bad, doesn't matter, but just something that when you heard it, you were like, WTF? Okay. Oh, the first thing that came to mind was something that I did to myself, which seems like <laughs> that shouldn't count. Um, hey, but actually, my, my first job, like on paper with the government, was a um I was a mascot for a minor league baseball team. I was 14 years old. I was five feet tall. I shared this costume with like six feet tall sweaty teenage boys because like on different oh, nights boy. it was different people. It was so disgusting. It smelled horrible. Like it could not get the stench off of me for days after I'd like wear this thing. I couldn't move in it. One of my responsibilities was a base race where like I would race a kid from the audience around the bases. I could not move in this costume. So like usually the mascot would have to like pretend to trip and let the kid win. It was embarrassing. It was like the kid was already home and I was like out of breath on second trying to move in a costume that didn't fit me. So that was um, a very bad choice, but I think speaks to my grit because I did not quit. They changed the requirements the next year. You had to be six feet tall. <laughs> well, you got it out of the way early in your career, 14. That's not bad. And it's all just smooth sailing after that, right? And everything else has been great. Yeah. There you go. Well, I think, the, I, you know, this event for me, like having been, you know, presenting and involved, it was, it was really, uh, it was really cool to see it play out. And it's, it's amazing to hear the results. So thanks so much for kind of taking us through it. Uh, yeah, of I course. think there's some, a lot of, learnings i think you probably inspired a bunch of people to be like why aren't we doing that why aren't we doing something that clever so i think there's just that b2c approach really um makes a ton of sense and i think of, like i said you're gonna we're gonna see a lot of really interesting things i bet next year and you probably are probably some of the inspiration for it so really 
great job. And thanks for, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. You've been listening to Revenue Makers. Do you have a revenue project you were asked to execute that had wild success? Share your story with us at sixcents.com slash revenue. We might just ask you to come on the show. And if you don't want to miss the next episode, be sure to follow along on your favorite podcast app.